Sona, this was a very nice day today. It was. Because uh, over here at our headquarters, we got this great gift, Tillamook ice cream. I'm a monster for ice cream. I know you are too. I want to take a bath in it and then I want to eat Eat the ice in the eat the bath. Wait, what? I want to like bathe in it, yeah. but then I want to eat it as I'm bathing. In yeah, it. yeah, that's a simple concept. You made it much more complicated. I know, I'm sorry. Fill a bathtub with Tillamook ice cream. I will get in it, and then I will eat my way out. Yes, that's all okay, you need to there do. There you go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have so many great. It's such good ice cream, and they have so many great flavors. I mean, just off the top of my head, I I don't know. Birthday cake, caramel swirl, banana split, caramel toffee crunch, chocolate chip, chocolate chocolate chip cookie dough. I think there's butter pecan cookies and cream, French vanilla, chocolate peanut butter. Malted moose shake, I think, is one. I can't remember too well. Mounted huckleberry, Tillamook mudslide, Marionberry pie, monster cookie, old-fashioned vanilla, Rocky Road, Oregon dark cherry, waffle cone swirl, peppermint bark. I'm, I don't, I'm just going off memory here, but <laughs> holiday sugar cookie, orange and cream. Anyway, so many great flavors and uh, just incredible. You know, they they really put, and they come in family-sized cartons. Mm. Also, you're in good hands with the Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products, and the brand is farmer-owned and led by dairy experts. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. I'm going to spell it for you. That's how much I care about this product. T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Hi, my name is Jack. My name is Black. My name is... Jack Black. And I feel shitty about being Conan okay. O'Brien's right. friends. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I didn't, in fairness, I didn't read the whole sentence before I threw in no, no, however no. you, you know feel. What? You accidentally told the truth, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You did. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello, Conan O'Brien here. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Some say my desperate ploy to use the podcasting medium to make a few pals. It's actually working, having a lot of fun talking with uh, a lot of really terrific people. And uh, enjoying the company of my good amigos, uh, Sonam Obsession, my, my assistant. Hello. Hi. And, uh, and Matt Gorley. Hi. Producer, I suppose. And uh, <laughs> what? Hmm. No, I just, suppose. well, whatever. I like, a, I like a safety word in there just in case. <laughs> I don't quite know what it is you're up to with this podcast. But um, I got to say my mind's a little blown 
because today, for reasons I don't understand, uh, I've been seated on the opposite side of the table. Now, to anyone listening, if you're in your car or you're uh, making love. uh, (laughs) You think people listen to you when they're making love? I assume. I think that this podcast is sort of like a Barry White album. No. No, this is a contraceptive. (laughs) You think... The sound of my voice. <laughs> this podcast is the abstinence method. It's a boner killer. <laughs> you just called this podcast, which, by the way, is, I think, held in high regard, a boner killer? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no, no. I disagree. I think people are listening right now. I think the sound of my reedy, pinched voice <laughs> is uh, causing people's erogenous zones. Oh. <laughs> To heat and swell. Ew, stop. Jesus, uh, stop. Uh, I think my slightly nasal, uh, gender ambiguous <laughs> voice is uh, causing uh, babies to just spring forth uh, in the womb. Yeah. What do you think? I think you're the anti-fluffer. I think I think it's like you mean if, you, as if there were if there were a problem. You say that on porn sets they need a fluffer, yeah. But then sometimes there's a guy whose erection won't go away, yeah. right? And so what they do, they used to have an anti-fluffer uh, who would just hold up pictures of your grandmother playing baseball, <laughs> but they then found an easier method, uh-huh. automated, which is just to play Conan O'Brien needs a friend, yeah, right. And exactly. and the sound of my voice would cause the erection not only to uh, fall. But the penis then to uh, curl up inside the abdominal wall of any male. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And, and then, yeah, yeah. And for the penis to come back out again, it would need to be coaxed with various candies and candies. Uh, oh. Promises of uh, of maybe oh we'll go see a movie. We'll take you to a movie. You know, I ain't coming out. Staying in here. No, don't worry. Conan's gone. Conan's. <laughs> Just come on out. We turned off Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend penis. You can come out. Don't trust you. Just going to stay in here for a while in the old abdominal cavity. Penis, you can come out. We turned it off. I like it in here. I've got a magazine. You've got a magazine, do you? Yeah. I'm reading The Atlantic. Oh, you're reading The Atlantic? <laughs> Uh, I have a question. Yes. What kind of candy gets a penis to come out from the abdominal wall? Well, and I'm, they, I'm not asking for me. No, no, I know. Okay. I know. You got to coax them out, but they, uh, they love a gummy worm. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, they love a gummy like, worm because it looks sort of like, you know, like a friend they might have known maybe earlier. They like a sour patch. Uh, oh, I do too. But anyway, um... Okay, well, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got into that. Well, because you're sitting catty corner from Sona. Yeah, usually uh, Sona and I are side by side, and this time we're catty corner, and I think, I'm going to try and do the forensics on what just happened, but I believe what happened is that we were talking about, it's so weird to be on this side, and and then I imagined people doing it while they were listening to the podcast, and then you said, oh, no one's listening while they're doing it. Right. And by doing it, I mean sexual congress. You didn't have to explain it. Okay. Yep. And then, then you said, no, the show's a boner killer. And then, Matt, you were quite happy to say that it's uh, 
actually probably uh, destroys semen. Yeah, I think it's a sterilization tool. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. mass sterilization. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. The fertility You rate know, I've been contacted by the Chinese government. <laughs> Very interested in using the, they want to use this podcast. <laughs> Try and keep uh, <laughs> population levels lower. So, um, all right. Well, that was uh, that was a wake up call for me. Yep. It's old boner killer O'Brien here. Just uh, very unhappy right now. You know, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be unhappy because no transition here. But I was going to say we've got a guest who's definitely not a boner killer. But what does that mean? That's creepy too. That's awful. What does that mean? Do you know what I mean? That's awful. Everything's awful. I'm trapped right now in this. Thick mud, and I can't, anything I do is wrong. So I can't say my next guest definitely gets the old Johnson at full staff, because that, what does that mean? That's weird. That's crazy. I can't say that. There's no transition. I'm stuck. So I'm just going to have to say, you know, I'm a happy. Uh. Don't make that noise. Yeah. Okay, that's no good. Yeah. My guest today is an absolutely hilarious actor and musician. You know him as the lead singer and guitarist of the rock band Tenacious D, and from such movies as School of Rock, Tropic Thunder, and Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. The sequel, Jumanji The Next Level, is in theaters Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, the very funny, multi-talented Jack Black is with us. Jack. Look at you. You're a huge star now. That's right. Remember when we first met and I said, you'll never be a star. Remember that? That was so cruel, but it <laughs> it planted a, a seed in me to say, I will prove Conan wrong. I told you, I took you by the shoulders and I looked you in the eye and I said, as sure as I draw a breath, you will never have success in this business. You know, the first time we crossed paths, wasn't it uh, when I came on your show to replace Andy Richter? That was my bit. That was my comedy bit. I don't know if that was the first time you came on, but you did a hilarious bit where you were auditioning to be the new sidekick yes. to replace Andy. Yes, and well, it's because Andy absolutely was, hilarious. Well, he had announced that he was going to peel off for a while. He was yeah. going to he was going to uh, pursue other things. Yeah, and that's what, yeah. So I took that lane. Yeah, that, that comedy. You came lane. in hard, and you said, "I want to be Conan's sidekick." <laughs> yes, and you, I wrote a new sidekick song. We're gonna put this up online because it's absolutely hilarious. It's still one of the funniest things. It's uh, the best thing I've ever done. But I did feel a little bad because it was so. I was enjoying it so much, and uh, and Andy, I could tell he was like, I felt a little bit like uh, embarrassed that I was pointing so much attention at his impending departure. Right. And relishing at how much better I would be at sidekicking. <laughs> you know what, but it could never have worked. It couldn't no. have worked because of our, you know, you're, uh, you're just, you're one of those, you're one of those horses that can't be broke. You know, that's the problem. It's you're, true. You're, you're too, Sona, what's your problem? What is your problem? That analogy is really funny. No, you're just, uh, you're one of those crazy stallions that came out of the hills. And everyone's like, wow. You know, Andy, uh, yes, he has pride and everything, but eventually I broke him. <laughs> I broke Andy, and now he's a mule. He's a mule. It's just, just clopping along, and he's taking kids on a five-dime ride through the past. But you, Jack Black, yeah. you can't be broke. Yeah, no, it would have come to blows when you tried to break me. Yeah, we would have. Yeah, we we would have butted heads. And the way I break uh, sidekicks is literally getting on their backs <laughs> and wearing a cowboy hat 
and trying to ride them. And I, it's, it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing and often confusing scenario. That's not a sidekick, really. That's no. more of a ride kick. <laughs> You and your rhyming. It's all about the rhymes to me. I can't help it. You know, I remember the first time I heard your name was from Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk said to me years ago, uh, Tenacious D. There's, and, and I remember very clearly him telling me Tenacious D. And I was like, wait, what's a Tenacious D? Because I didn't know. And he was like, these guys are hilarious. And then eventually you and I met. And the first time we met... You came out on the air. I think I interviewed you or talked to you. And then in the commercial break, you leaned over and Robert Smiley and I had written this really weird TV pilot. And you had also done a really weird TV pilot that had become sort of like weird underground cult status. You leaned over and you whispered in my ear, look well. Like like it was a secret to open a cave or something. And I was like, oh, you've seen Look Well? And you're like, Look Well, man, I saw it. I had a tape of a tape of a tape of a tape. And then I talked to you about your amazing pilot you made. Yeah, I made one with Ben Stiller at the helm. And, What's and it called? It's called... Uh, it was called uh, Heat, Vision, and Jack. Heat, Vision, and Jack. And that was... Uh, or Dan Harmon, who who yep. now has this uh, incredibly successful cartoon on the air, uh, Rick and Morty, he wrote that pilot for me about because uh, we, we had a little meeting at Swingers Cafe. <laughs> uh, uh, ben Stiller got us together. He said, "You guys should collaborate together, and I'll produce it and maybe direct it if I like it." And so right. we got together and we were riffing on ideas, and I was just like. Well, my favorite show growing up was uh, Six Million Dollar Man. It'd be really cool if you could write a comedy where, you know, I have enhanced powers yes. like Six Million Dollar Man. And he just took that and ran with it. And he and his friend Rob wrote this thing that was a combination of Six Million Dollar Man and Knight Rider, where, like, I rode a talking motorcycle. Yep. And uh, it's I, hilarious. Yes. If you got to find it and watch it, uh, I'm sure this is old news to people with lots of uh, comedy cred. But if you haven't seen it, Heat Vision and Jack is, and, and it's funny because your superpower is that when you're hit with sunlight, yeah, you be is it sunlight or moonlight? It's sunlight. Sunlight. When you're hit, so dumb. When you're hit with sunlight, <laughs> you become the smartest man in the world. Yeah. And so you, there's actually this moment where I think you're in like a jail or something, and the sun is moving its way slowly across the room and then it goes up the bars and it hits you and <laughs> it's this really cheesy effect and you just say I know everything <laughs> yes I know everything and that's what happens and it would have happened every episode you know when I was in a really tight situation somehow I would gain access to sunlight and I would solve the the, the problem somehow gain access to sunlight the most readily available <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes Substance. I'd be, you know, in su- yes, indoors I know. and I couldn't get the sunlight. So there would have to be the reflection off a thing and a thing or whatever. But it was a really funny, stupid uh, pilot. And it, it borrowed a little bit from uh, Charlie Kaufman, where you take someone real like he did with uh, being John Malkovich. Yep. But you create a fiction around him. Yep. Uh, and we had this guy, because I was from NASA, and I was this astronaut that was on the run from the government and NASA because they wanted to chop out my brain and study how can he be the smartest in the world. And the the head of NASA security, this just incredible killing machine, was Ron Silver, 
the actor. Yes. Also known as the actor Ron Silver. But then the thing you didn't know about Ron Silver is he was this killing machine. No, and it's such a great choice because Ron Silver, it it was not an obvious choice. You know, it was so great that Ron Silver is, yeah, he's busy being an actor, but he's also got this other thing he does, which is he's a killing machine for NASA. Yeah. So here's my point. Because I always have a point because I'm very, very good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're Sounds listening like to you're you're listening, time. You're, like listening. you're trying to think of a point. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's my point. And, and I'll tell you about this point when it comes. It's not a time-killing measure, but points are important. No, uh, like Heat Vision and Jack, you probably thought this is the path. And then it gets turned down. Then it's, okay, what is it going to be next? Is it going to be music? Is it going to be how do I how do I find what I'm what is uh what is Jack Black? Yeah, I had lots of swings and misses. You're trying to take me down this road where it was better that it didn't get picked up. It was meant to be, but I disagree. There's a sliding door reality where Lookwell was the biggest hit comedy of all time. But yeah, be that as it may. Well, now I'm depressed. I'm sorry to do that to you. <laughs> so there's an alternate reality where I'm I, I own a Greek <laughs> island because I've created pretty much the friends of 1990. Well, I'm just saying that. Yeah, you can swing and miss, and that's not the end. You, it's just they're all like steps on a ladder. Right. But uh, like me and Kyle did a movie uh, called Pick of Destiny. Nobody went to see it. it. Did not get good reviews. It was clearly a miss on all counts. But here we are, you know, 15 years later, still going on tour, and yeah. we still play those songs. Those songs from that movie from get Pick of Destiny, the yeah. biggest uh, reaction of our whole set because, you know, that little movie that nobody liked at the time ha- has over time gotten a little cult status amongst, you know, your heavy metal stoners of the world. That's a, a slightly bigger uh, group than you think. You know, I used to think that you were a music guy who became a comedy guy, and that's really not the case. You were, you picked up the guitar late. Yeah. Relatively late. I got going uh, around 23 years old, which is not not usually when you start a musical instrument. That's me. (laughs) That's uh, me too. I think I started when I was 22. Yeah. And it was me, just a lack of, I didn't have money. I was a kind of a shitty drummer. I had a drum set. I came to LA uh, in 1985 and I thought, you can't have drums in LA. I have a $380 a month apartment. They're going to let me have, you know, the landlady isn't going to let me have a drum set. And who would I play with? So I remembered going to a pawn shop and getting a freedom guitar uh, in Hollywood and getting a $90 guitar and a little chord book, the Mel Bay chord book. And saying, well, self taught? I did for a while and then I, was wise enough and smart enough, and I recommend this to anyone out there listening, get a talk show with a band. (laughs) (laughs) And then every day you're with someone who's like, no, 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 you slide up the neck this way. Thanks a lot. But you got, I mean, you you dove into it strong. I dove into it, but I had my Jim Avino early in Kyle Gass. He was my, my buddy from the Actors Gang Theater here in L.A., he, he was the one leaning on you to, to get better and better and better. No, I was leaning on him to uh, teach me his okay. ways, to make me a rock star. I wanted him to, uh, to guide me. And, and I would bring him jack-in-the-box food in exchange for guitar lessons. <laughs> and we would record the jams that we would do, and, and then we would go stony playback. That was our thing. Let's smoke a J and then listen back to what we did. <laughs> 
Stony, that's called Stony playback. We yeah. have to do that with the uh, with with the podcast. I would love to do that. I know you I'm would. Stony yeah. playback. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I won't partake, but I I want oh, you. Guys. Come on, oh, come don't on. be a square. <laughs> hey, man, you might be a narc. <laughs> <laughs> what if all this time Sona was a narc? Uh, <laughs> she's just biding her time over a ten-year period, <laughs> slow burn to catch to catch me. But you know what's cool is so you have you get all of this accolades and you create a lot of joy with Tenacious D. And I understand you just you and Kyle just worked with Mr. Jack White. Your opposite in all things. Yeah, you worked with Jack White and you cut an album. Uh, at Third Man Records. We had this opportunity because we were going on tour through the South doing Texas and all these different places. And, and uh, we were going into Nashville where his headquarters now are. He moved from Detroit to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been there. But I think he's still got a, a finger and a toe in each place. Like I think he's got a little Detroit headquarters as well. I think he does, yeah. He heard that we were coming there and he said, hey, when you guys come to Nashville, why don't you stop by and lay down some hot tracks at my studio. We'll do this cool thing where it doesn't take any time. You can like come right before sound check and just record live to vinyl. Yes. In this weird yeah. like antique booth the way they used to back in, in the olden times. And we were like, well, we have to do it. We can't say no to Jack White's invitation. If for no other reason, just to hang out with Jack White, it'd be very foolish to, to bypass that opportunity. Why did you do that to the word foolish? I just, there was no reason. I, it comes from insecurity. I go for a weird pronunciation comedy. But yeah. anyway, so we say yes, but we don't know what we're going to sing. I don't want to sing an old song. We have to write a new song for Jack White, you know. And so we wrote this this little jam basically on the way to the studio about how nervous we were about jamming with Jack White yeah, yeah. and for him in his studio and making sh- just wanting to do so well, wanting to rock so hard. Don't blow it, Cage is the name of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blow it, Cage. <laughs> um, just play the best shits you've ever fucking played. <laughs> and so Jack White's like, um, you know what, guys, uh, there's actually a couple options. We, we can do the thing where I put you in the weird antique booth where you just play live and it goes right onto an album. Or you could come over to my house, to my home studio, and we could do like a slightly souped up version of that in my home studio. And um, it'll be like more legit and like we can track it. Yep. And we're like, we're doing that one, the better one, because... Mainly, we want to see what your house looks like. Yep. <laughs> we want to gain access to the inner sanctum. Yeah. <laughs> so we go over to his house and, uh, oh, my God, I, my itchy trigger finger was so hot on my phone. I wanted to be snapping photos. But he was like, as soon as we got there, he was like, guys, if it's if it's cool, no photos. Like, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Of course not. No photos. Fuck. <laughs> so we go in through the house and it's uh, it's like a museum. Every yeah. It's like you would expect with Jack White because he's, you know, always been a, a visual artist along with his music. There's always been this kind of aesthetic, right? Oh, my God, you know, the, yes. The yeah. colors and yes, the shapes yes. and the things. A lot of thought goes into. Yes. Micro details in the house and like funny, strange rooms that have jokes to them. Like there is these, there's this gorgeous like throne room where you would go and sit in the throne 
and this chair was ornate and filled with details. And on either side of the throne, there's these two giant lions, taxidermy lions that are, and he's like, uh, that's where I go to read if I just want to <laughs> read between the lions. No, no. He goes to read between the lions. Uh, now that boo, makes sense. Boo. <laughs> you may say boo. boo. End this now. I say boo. Yeah. No, I say yay. <laughs> but um, I was wandering through there and I was thinking, God, why can't I take pictures? Why wouldn't he want to share this with the world? Why would he keep this all hidden and secret? Yeah. And then I realized why. I didn't say anything then, but I was thinking, this is his Graceland. Yeah. Uh, Someday yeah. when he dies, people will wander through these. It'll be open to the public. And I was right. Like, Fuck, I need to make my Graceland. And we all have to make our Graceland. <laughs> well, here's the revelation I had because I got to hang out with him in Nashville a bunch of years ago. And we, we, uh, we made an album with my band. Mm-hmm. And... I'm at Third Man Records and I'm thinking, what is it about this place? Because there's all this crazy stuff on the wall. There'll be like a, like you said, like some kooky antique taxidermied animal that has a digital clock in its skull. <laughs> and then uh, there'll be, a, you know, like a weird machine in the corner that's a fortune telling machine from 1911. And then you notice that everyone who works for him is wearing, they're dressed in a certain way. The guys are all wearing bowler hats. And they look kind of like hip Hasidim. And then the women are all wearing other, another kind of different costume. There's no rhyme or reason to anything. And then I had this revelation. He's a Batman villain. <laughs> he's the, I had this revelation, which is he's a Batman villain. And you know what? The only place I've seen this before is on Batman, because if you're the Penguin, you hire 15 people Adam and you say- Adam West, Adam West era. Yeah, yeah. and you say, and you, you hire 15 people and you say, you're all dressing like penguins. And they're like, okay. And we're going to put penguins all over the place. Sure. It's your abandoned macaroni factory on the bad side of town. So that, that was my- big revelation uh, is that he's an insane superhero villain that really exists. And I also was trying to picture, what if you're the UPS guy and that's your part of your delivery route? Yeah. And you come to the door and you go, yeah, I've got a, uh, a Gatling gun. I've got a World War One Gatling gun that's been turned into uh, an, an Edison era music player and it has fur on it. And to be <laughs> to be Jack White at the door going, yeah, wrong address. That's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole, I know it's you. But if he's the Batman villain who is the Batman, that's the problem is he doesn't have a Batman to battle against. Right. Unless you say maybe the Black Keys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, they don't, well, they could be a Batman and Robin, those two. Yeah, sure they are. It's two of them. It's two of them. They're and not playing along, though. They don't have, like, the costumes. Yeah, we don't know what they do. They need do. to step the costume game We up. don't know what they do at night. They might be protecting <laughs> us all, the black. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe. And smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest Cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to that do helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, 
when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis. Netsuite.com slash Conan. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less Filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. All right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. <laughs> there must have been a day when you realized I can do things with my eyes. Yeah. I can make my eyes jack crazy jack-o'-lantern eyes. There's a day where you catch yourself doing that in the mirror and you're like, got it. I've got that. That's one arrow. My earliest memory of getting attention, I had the uh, as you know, I was obsessed with uh, the six million dollar man. Yep, and I did get some uh, wires from the garage and put them up my sleeve, 
and hid them though in the sleeve, <laughs> tucked them away, so that it, you wouldn't. It it would if I was at school and they would accidentally come out, <laughs> then people would think. Oh, and then I would hide them. I don't want you to see these wires. <laughs> then people would think I was bionic. <laughs> that I had bionic powers. And so that's that's not really comedy, but it's deeply sad. It oh, is it's but wonderful. It's, it's from the same place of wanting to get attention and be special. Very radiohead. I'm a creep. Yeah. Wish I was special. But oh, the, here's one. This is not politically correct, but it, back in the day of you remember uh, Weird Al Yankovic sure, at the of height of, the, of his powers in the 70s. There was a song before Weird Al's uh, My Bologna. Right. The the song that was making fun of My Sharona. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a song called Ayatollah that was uh, making fun of My Sharona. Yes. And uh, me and some other kids did a cover of that at the school assembly. And we had the turbans and the beards, and it just killed. It was the funniest thing to ever happen to Hermosa Beach North School. <laughs> but um, I don't recommend doing that now. That that gag did not age well. But um, it was of its time. Yeah, but you know that was a, an early uh, experience that gave me the bug of going. Mm, this this could be a fun. I love to make people laugh, uh, and I was doing like improv. I remember at a, a, a Passover Seder, we went to a, a friend's uh, house, a friend of the family, and she was this rad lady who was a Holocaust survivor, and she was really intense. But then after we finished the Seder, she said, now it's time to play the freeze game. And we went to the living room, and she wow. and she taught us this old viola spolen improvisational game where two people go up there and just have a little conversation and then anyone in the audience can say freeze and then you go, and they have to freeze in their body position then you go up and tap one of them on the shoulder and they leave and you take their body position and you change the the scene based on this body position and i did it all night and i just kept on saying freeze and i couldn't stand being in the audience i only wanted to be up on stage which, when you think about it, that's a super annoying personality trait. <laughs> but I think that's what it takes. You have to want it so bad that you just. Your eyes just. You, people can't see this on the podcast, but your eyes became demonic <laughs> as you were talking about it. But I, it's a hunger. It's a, you know, it's a fine line between a sickness of being empty and too needy and actually being meant for the 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 stage. Well, I'll tell you, I've uh, my father said to me years ago, uh, early in the run of my late night show, this is you know twenty six years ago. He said to me, and he's a scientist. He said, "Oh, I see." And he wasn't doing a joke. He just said, "You're making a career out of something that should probably be treated." <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's it is actually uh, true. It's uh, you know. Uh, I wish he had, you know, said I love you or something, but uh, I'm sure that was I'm sure that was coming later. But um, but uh, no, that's his way of telling me he loves me. Uh, it's true. There is a fine line between this is good, this is fun, this is healthy, and a great way to make a living, and uh, probably this needs to be medicated <laughs> in some ways. I think that it's a scary way to make a living because there's so much adrenaline involved with getting up in front of an audience and and uh, entertaining them 
because the idea of not entertain going up there and bombing is so terrifying. They're judging you. Yeah. Uh, so the only way that it works is if you want it so badly that you're willing to risk that kind of humiliation. Uh, so it takes a kind of desperation. I don't know many performers that don't have a seat of desperation at their core. Yeah. Again, your eyes got crazy. <laughs> Man, you really spike. You pick a certain part of the sentence and you go, it's true. <laughs> you found my, that's my technique. That's your technique. I've been doing it since sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like I've a got- latte, please. And if you could just put a little bit of pumpkin spice in there, I'd appreciate it. I don't it. know why I do that. There's just certain words and sentences where I, I kick into overdrive right in the middle of the sentence. But also, like, the way you perform, when you go out, especially, uh, I mean, in comedy and in music, you take it to 11 mm-hmm. uh, in in a way that uh, I would think it would take you hours to come down afterwards. Oh, yeah. It's hit or miss. You know, sometimes I'll see a performance uh, in, in a movie and I'll go, good Lord, take it down, Jack Black. You're weapon 11. This scene clearly called for a six. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other times it, it feels great uh, to take it to the to the maximum. Um, when me and Kyle are out there uh, performing with Tenacious D, yeah, I I go full throttle and uh, I'm on a like a literal high afterwards for sometimes for hours and uh, it's definitely like a drug. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of green tea still going. Going down. Hey, killed a whole bottle in one galoop. Uh, that was pretty good, huh? I have a little bit of ADHD, I think, where I'll start a sentence and I think I know what I'm talking about. And I think I know where I'm heading, what the point of it is. And then I'll lose it in the middle of the sentence. I can't remember what the hell I was talking about or where I was going. That happens to all of us, I think. Uh, you know what? It gets worse, I will say. I'm a little older than you. It gets worse over time. I heard that it gets better, though, if you exercise super strenuously. I read this in a New York Times article. I just wouldn't yesterday. know. <laughs> I was thinking about climbing a mountain later. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to. Do you know what my favorite exercise? I like to push my bicycle up the mountain because <laughs> it's too hard to ride it up. Exactly. Even in the super easy gear. Right. That looks ridiculous like a circus performer, by the way. <laughs> it's like, wait, why don't you just walk? You're pedaling way faster than a person walking next to you would be stepping. But um, So when you're pushing it up, does it have a little bell? Because the saddest thing in the world is to be pushing a bike. I've done this. Pushing a bike up a hill and then occasionally... Ding, ding, (laughs) ring the bell without ever getting on the bike. I think it's really sweet that you have a bell on your bike. I do. No, I don't have the bell. That's a, it's a safety. It's it's a safety thing. I like to mountain bike. And so uh, on the way down, you're supposed to have this bell that that's constantly ringing. It just rings because every time you, well, what it is, it's just a bell that you take the clapper or you take the muffler off. So on the way down, you're making a little gajing, gajing, gajing sound. So if you're coming around a corner, People have warning that a bike is coming down the hill. That's smart. It's smart, but it's also very emasculating. Because, <laughs> you know, I've got my gear on and I'm going down the hill and dust is flying around. You're like, I've got ice cream for everyone. It's just, I don't know. It's It takes some of the cool factor out of it. You could just like put a, 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 
a, a card, a baseball card or something in between your spokes, right? Don't, don't they do that to make a sound? <laughs> well, then people will just think a blackjack dealer is coming down the hill. <laughs> Someone's shuffling, <laughs> shuffling up behind them. You are, uh, you're quite the gamer, aren't you? I do enjoy gaming, but I have to say, as of late, I've been all about my iPhone games, which has ruined my console gaming. Like, I used to be all about my Xbox and PlayStation and I still haven't even conquered uh, Red Dead Redemption Part Two, which I was so anticipating for years. You know what? I, I, like, I was I was actually I heard so much hype about Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, <clears throat> that I was going to get it. Yeah, and uh, my son is a really talented at computers, and he built a computer for me so I could play games. Oh, man. I mean, I gave him the, I, I said, look, if you build this thing, it's a really cool thing. And he did it with his friend. I'll, I'll buy the parts. So they put together this really cool computer for me to just, you know, so I could do Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, then uh, before I even got the game, people were telling me, who, people who were good at games were saying, yeah, so far I've just been wandering around and collecting <laughs> hay for my horse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I and, and I saw like, well, how long you been playing? About six weeks. <laughs> what else did you do? I got some wax and I put them on my chaps. Yeah. And then I got more hay for my horse and uh, some oats. And then my horse wandered off, so I had to go find my horse, and that took about six weeks. And I I got dispirited before I even tried it. So yeah, you never even saddled up. I didn't saddle up. <laughs> that game is it, it, from what I've. Uh, the gathered, it's more like living life, really, than playing a game. Right. But uh, And I'm playing a game where I live life called living life. But I, I don't need to do that. You can choose to be more proactive and get to the story and get to the next uh, piece, oh, I piece see. of the puzzle. So uh, I yeah. can just press a button and it gets me to, you get yours, let's draw, that kind of thing. Yeah. You can, you can avoid the conflict and just, you know go buy some moonshine and wander through the desert aimlessly, or you can go where you know the story wants you to go. Uh, I just, I, I, it's a real commitment, a time commitment that my phone has taken so much of those. So what are you doing on your phone? It's all, right now, it's all about WGT golf. <laughs> what? And it's really embarrassing because- <laughs> What are you talking about? It's golf? a golf game. Yes, that's and you do it on your phone. Yes, do you do a swipe to do the swing? Yes, and it's extremely <laughs> satisfying and and uh, truth be told, expensive. How is it so, expen- How is it expensive? It's just horrifying because they figured me out. They know my brain, and I have a little bit of OCD. And uh, there's a bunch of choices of of clothing that you can wear, and the clothing doesn't just look rad which is important to me. I do want my avatar to look super sharp. But, and also a big mistake a lot of people do is like, you got to match. Make sure the socks matches the shirt and the pants match the hat. No, dude, you look dumb. You look like a circus performer with, with your weird triangle patterns. You got you to gotta go like tasteful top, uh, loose hanging, green pattern, and then not a matching color down below. But um, this is so nice. The, 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 the main thing with the clothing is that each piece of clothing has a value that helps your game. Like, this is going to help your short game. It improves your accuracy on your drive. This one gives you more strength on your drive. 
and to 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 buy these little pieces of digital clothing you actually either have to put in tons of hours of work or you can just buy it and get it done real quick and i'm not going to tell you how much money i've spent on these clothes cuz i don't even know it's been so much money and it's horrifying. So your children will not go to college because you wanted the avatar on your phone <laughs> that plays pretend golf to be dressed appropriately. I have set aside some money for their college, but it will. It... <laughs> You'll dip into it. You know you will. Yeah, they're not going to be going to the best college. <laughs> There's still, still enough to send them to a good college. Sure. A good state school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not just money, but hours of time. It's both. And it's so foolish. I did this with Clash of Clans. My son was really into Clash of Clans like, you know, four years ago, five years yeah. ago. And his friends were into it too. And then he got me into it. And I wanted to I, I, I partake with my son. You know, I wanted to be part of his world. And so, again, it was like you can spend all this time slowly making sure that you get a tiny little catapult or you can just buy the catapult. And so I started doing that. And then you, you see this little like bloop. You know, like MasterCard charge, you know, and you don't think that much about it because each one is so small. Yeah. And then I started, I remembered showing uh, my son and his friends. I'm like, check out my, my, uh, you know, check out my fortress. And so he and his friends online checked out my fortress and my, and his friends were like, wow, you know, your dad's got the cannon that shoots lava and he's also got the, the special massive a dinosaur bird that drops boulders and he's got six of them positioned on each. And I was getting some props from my kids. And then my son was like, you're buying this stuff, aren't you? <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, yeah. And then I started, to, I think I checked a bill and it was, oh my God, I could have bought an okay watch. Yeah. And instead <laughs> I've defended something that doesn't exist to impress friends of my son that I haven't met. Yeah. It yeah. was bad. It was bad. And that's when I had to go cold turkey. And I think that fort exists somewhere. You cut yourself off? I cut myself off. No, that fort has definitely been raided since then. You can't just leave a <laughs> a delicious fort it like was that a good out in the fort. Open. It's a really good fort. And I think it's been raided and pillaged and yeah. destroyed. No, those things take maintenance to protect them. I know. And they're so smart, these gaming companies. Yeah. And to you can destroy carry it around in your pocket while you're waiting for the dentist or anything. You can't do that with the console games. You wait for the dentist? Yes, I wait. And, and you're I'm doing it all my, wrong, man. My golf. I show up and I go, Conan O'Brien's here. <laughs> Everyone shit themselves. I actually say that. I say, I'll just be sitting in this chair now. You're sitting on an old woman, Mrs. Hepstein. Well, I don't see her television show. Does she have a television show? You're hurting me. Toss. Crunch. That's her bones crunching. She hits the ground. Lie down. That's the sound effect of me lying down in the end of the seat. It's a lazy sound effect. <laughs> Lie down, reach. Those are my sound effects from now on. Yeah. When I go to the dentist, I really look forward to that laughing gas. You and, get laughing gas? And the last time I went, uh, I was hit with a cold fish that it, they just realized that laughing gas, uh, nitrous, actually is bad for you. And it's bad for the people that give you the nitrous. They get a little whiff of it on the side. They get like a... Mm -hmm. A contact high that it uh, 
it causes something like you, it can mess with your reproductive organs. Wow. I never so heard any. Now I, don't. I thought laughing gas was something from like the 1950s. I didn't know people still got it. Uh, yeah, nitrous did. I guess maybe I'm the last of the Mohicans. Anyone else here get the laughing My gas? My wife does. You know, yes. Amanda, she goes to a chicken dentist because she's afraid of shots. So wow. she gets gas every time. Only a it. chicken dentist has it? What does that mean? <laughs> like for chickens, for oh, dental Oh, for scared chickens. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a chicken. Uh, so you, get, so you don't want to get Novocaine? I hate the, that feel it, that numbness feeling. That puffy numbness? Oh, I don't like it. I just didn't know there was an alternative. I've never been offered gas. The gas. You'd have to ask for it. They've got it. <laughs> they just don't offer it. And now, especially since they found out about the organs, now I'm I don't not, think you can get I'm it. I'm not having kids anymore. So. That's what I'm saying. Gas them. Gas them balls. But the thing that's Wait, great they're going to the gas the balls? They go, that's how they do it now. Oh, they put a little mask, two masks over each testicle and gas the balls. Sweet. Here's the I got to do this great. now. Sona, book me a dental appointment with a pervy old dentist. Ask for the ball gas. Yeah, I want okay. to say, say Conan's coming and he's going to want ball gas and, and he's going to sit on any old woman who's in the chair when he gets in. Okay. You get the gas. Uh, they gas you up and uh, you just blitzed. You're like, <laughs> and uh, my mind just travels and wanders to strange exotic places. It's a wonderful blazing high. And then as you're coming down, they switch it to oxygen, just pure oxygen. So it like flushes all of the toxins out mm -hmm. and, and you're, and you're good to go. So you're perfectly, it wears off and then there's no pain. Or are you aware of the pain, but you don't care? Um, okay, I do it even just for like a cleaning. You do it for a cleaning? I actually go in there and I don't need dentistry at all. I'm just like <laughs> hooking up that juicy ball gas. <laughs> are you sure you're even seeing a dentist? I think you're just going no. to a place yeah. where they just put on ESPN. <laughs> they send you to a special world. Remember when uh, Woody Harrelson had oxygen bars? Yeah, I do remember that. It was just like that. It was just, it's just Woody Harrelson. I go over to his house <laughs> and he gasses my balls. Man, I wish, I wish you had that at your house and that I was invited. What happened to that oxygen bar thing? That didn't really take off. I think they realized that it's in the air. And, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you'll go to a special place and you'll get oxygen and we'll charge you. Maybe and then someone realized that, oh, well, no. Wasn't it like flavored though? Fruity Pebble flavor? And I don't remember that. I never went. I never experienced it. I imagine it was based on that rad movie. Did you ever see that incredible movie, uh, Harold and Maude? Yes. And you remember she had a little oxygen bar in her house mm. and he would take a whiff and she would say, what do you, what do you smell? And he'd be like, oh, hot, fresh buttered popcorn at the movie theater. Oh, autumn breeze in the sunset strip. Oh, winter in my, you know. Yeah. You remember that actor, right? Bud Court. Bud Court. And the legendary, what's her name? 
You say it first, because I know it. Her name. Yep. We She's both know like it. She's like the best actress of all time. She it's was fantastic. That I don't remember. Ruth Gordon. Exactly. I was waiting oh. for you, and you got it. She knocked it out of the park in that movie. That was the movie about the 80-year-old woman and the 20-year-old yeah. boy. Classic. Falling the, in love. Like the, one of the, like, it's like the first cool, quirky, independent movie yeah. they ever made. It might made. be time for Harold and Maude Redux. Mm. You know what I mean? Who are you going to cast? Good question. In the role. Did you not have time to say question? <laughs> you didn't have time for question? It's just more fun with the pronunciation. Ruth Gordon. She didn't do a lot of movies. And she, I don't remember Ruth Gordon from before she was 70. You know what I mean? No, no, there's she no. She had this right. run. Once had a run like this, starting at 70 and ending at 80, that was just crushing, crushing, crushing. Do you think she knew her whole life? People were like, no, sorry, Ruth, it didn't quite work out for you. Just you wait. <laughs> when I turn 70. I don't know much about her. I'd love to, uh, I should do a little research on her because she's a fascinating lady. I assume that she was a writer because she had that kind of approach to acting where it was hmm. like, she's such a brilliant Actor, it feels like the, the the she had the mind, a writer's mind. Can you, can you kind of tell when you see a performer who who is also a writer? Like, yeah, I think I can. She the, was a writer. She was a writer. Look she, at that. Yeah, uh, numerous she? plays, film scripts, and books. Most notably, co-writing the screenplay for the forty-nine film Adam's Rib. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie. She was a Broadway actress at nineteen. Oh, damn. So she was acting all the way back in the She day. was, but she probably knew the whole time at 70, <laughs> That's I'm what... putting this into hyperdrive, <laughs> which is what I intend to do. What I'm a, holding back. What an inspiration. And who saw us going there? That's the magic of this podcast. You yeah. never know where we're going to end up. That's right. And we ended up with uh, you uh, regularly gas your balls. Yeah. And, uh, and dream of Ruth Gordon. And dream of Ruth Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> This is the beginning of a true friendship, don't you think? Now, we've crossed paths many times over the years. I've a huge admirer of yours, and now I feel like there's a real friendship here that will... It's really going to get in the way of my WGT golf time, though, which is literally all the time. So if you It's had really to, an annoying when I have to stop playing my WGT golf to so, do anything. So you think the chances are you and I won't hang together because of your WGT golf Listen, on your phone? I'd love to make a date to to push bikes up a mountain, and I'd love to hear them bells jingling, jangling <laughs> on the way down. It's all about the way down. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The punishment of pushing the bike and the embarrassment as you cross. People are like, oh, nice push in there, you know, because you're – Everyone knows you're supposed to be riding it, but it's too hard. Right. So you're, you're pushing it up. But when you get up to the top and you look down, you're like, I'm going to ride this baby all the way home. Because I'm I'm next to a hill, like in the Los Feliz area. Got it. Griffith Park Hills. Nice. You come riding down that hill, you can ride it all the way home. I tell you my dream. Yeah. My dream, and this is real. This is a fantasy of mine. Is I've had friends because I, I ride with these other guys at mountain bike. I have friends that ride up in the hills above LA, and they've encountered like a bobcat, mm. you know. And the bobcat usually looks at them and then st- walks away. I've want I want to be on my bike, encounter a bobcat, and fight it. 
I really do. I really want to fight it. And I know I'd get somewhat hurt, but I know that I would come back out of the hills and people would have a real respect for me. For the first time in my life, I would fucking fight a bobcat. I would come back. What, what, Sona, I mean, don't you, can't you see this? Like I'd be scraped and scratched Mm -hmm. and I would have wrestled the cat. Yeah. And the cat eventually would have, and I would have parted company and then they'd be. You would have been murdered. (laughs) What? What do you mean? Wouldn't you? (laughs) Would I be killed? Yeah. I I think so. Very easily murdered. Yeah. Who is? Yeah. Not murdered, but You're murderable. Yeah. You're very easily killable. Yeah. So I think you would be. I would cover my throat the whole time. Because that's where they try and get the jugular. That'll help. Yeah. That'll help. I would have one hand covering my jugular and the other, I would just be (laughs) swatting at this bobcat. No. No? No. No. (laughs) You'll die. You'll die quickly. All right. There was a story about a guy who was attacked and fought and killed a bobcat. Yes, I saw that. Not that long ago. Right. Like a year ago, maybe. Yeah. And it, it seemed like he was this heroic figure for the first like 24 hours of this story coming out. And then the next day, a little more came out that it was actually a tiny little baby bobcat that he had murdered. <laughs> and then it was and less it was, heroic. And it was sleeping. And more just sort of sad. But but no, he then he had to, the next day after that, it was like, no, you don't understand. Even though it was a little one, it was really dangerous. And it was yeah. it was still self-defense. Oh. Yeah. I, it's, I was almost killed. Right. It turned out that he had four machetes and it was sleeping. <laughs> so at the end of the day, he was 50-50. Hero mm. and 50, 50. No, I think it's 80, 20. Yeah. 80 douche, 20 hero. See, I feel like that would be kind of your story coming down from the <laughs> It would. Yeah. They like, would find out later on, no, that's a cat. It was Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, it was Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait was sleeping on a park bench, taking a nap in Santa Monica, and you rode by, got off your bike, and hit him with a manhole cover. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a real joy. I, oh, I, I, you are, uh, you're one of the most enjoyable fellows uh, in the in, the in the whole business of show. Oh, well, which I, is the show business. Mutual. No, oh, please. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's really you know, stretch that thought out a little bit. In about Feel 10 free to to snip and cut if you if, if there's any uh, long awkward sections where I uh, rambled we, on. No, no, no. We like to only have the long right. awkward sections. Cool. It's called long and awkward with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> That's this, you. What? That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I don't like the way this ended. Uh Jack, you're a great man. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Con. I gotta say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have 
fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Every so often, I think it's good to do a state of the podcast, sort of a state of the union thing. Your voice in. started really high there. It did. did you hear that? Every so you often. Went, every, did you hear that, Sona? I did a little bit. Yeah, you went, yeah. every so often. But anyway, I think, uh, go ahead. I don't want to criticize or make you feel self-conscious. Go no, ahead. No, you've never done that. Go ahead. Okay. So I thought we'd check in and see where we are. I'm really having a great time. I'll admit, I was a little worried. Oh my God, we're going to do this a second season. Mm. And what if it starts to feel like a job? Mm. Uh, I think we have retained our level of unprofessionalism. Mm. I think that it's as, uh, as foolish as ever. It trickles and, down. Yeah. We Thank should be commended on our levels of maintaining this unprofessionalism. Yes, I mm -hmm. think so. And um, yeah, I've, I've been really uh, having a good time and loving the guests this this season and uh, just enjoying it, really enjoying it. And for me to truly enjoy myself is uh, unheard of. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I know what about you? It's cool. <laughs> Sorry. You see an edible fell out of her mouth when she said that? <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> are you no. okay? I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, it's all good, right? <clears throat> what are you doing? I don't know. It seems a little... Buzzed. I'm uh, not buzzed. Okay. Don't it's do that. It's 1130 It is. It's 1130. I didn't do anything. Okay. If you worked for you, you'd, uh. you'd be high all the time. <laughs> That's great. If I worked for me, yeah. I'd be high all the time. Yeah. You'd put it in your breakfast. I'm a lovely boss, oh. I think. Huh. I oh, really are do. you? Yeah, I am a good I boss. Was, we were just talking about how you called my dad Geppetto because he has a mustache and you said he made my brother out of wood. Yeah. Your father. <laughs> it's true. When I first met your father, I saw that he had this big white mustache and then, and you have an older brother. And then I started uh, imitating your father by putting my finger under my nose, yeah. pretending it was a mustache uh -huh. and talking about how he carved 
he wanted a boy, so he carved your brother Danny out of wood. Uh-huh. And then Danny came to life and uh, started uh, trading in stocks. Yeah. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? Yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. I remember you actually laughing really hard at the time. It was. It yeah. was funny. It was funny. Yeah. And uh, I love your dad. I, I danced with your dad. At your wedding, yeah, we did a crazy dance together, mm-hmm. and uh, I people remember threw money on you. Yes, people were throwing money. Oh. It's an it's an Armenian, I guess, tradition that they throw money up in the air. Yeah, and so I remember just getting showered with dollar bills. Yeah, while I was doing an insane dance with your father, and I couldn't keep up with your dad. I, he must jazzercise constantly. <laughs> it was amazing what your dad was able yeah. to do. Yeah, no, but you did you did really well. You did. That's a video. That's it's out a there. video that's out there. Oh, you can look it's Conan dancing at my wedding with my dad and people throwing money. And it's really, it was really fun. And I made $66 wow. that day. You took the money? I, I that actually, wasn't for you. I fought a child. <laughs> there was a little boy that came out who must have been four years old. I think it was one of your nephews. <laughs> Pinocchio. And, yeah, a little Pinocchio. He was, a, I mean, he was made of wood, but he was slowly coming to life. <laughs> And I remembered he was picking up the dollar bills off the floor, and I thought, I'm the one that danced. So I, uh, I gave him a hockey hip check, and uh, he went flying into some baklava, and yeah. I uh, picked up all the money. Like an exotic dancer. Yeah, oh. and stuffed it into my pants. Yeah. Uh, like a freak. Uh, yeah, those were good times. That was a great wedding. Thank you. Yeah, really good. So uh, I was invited. So the state of the podcast is pretty good. I would say, look, there's a lot of, we have a little bit of dysfunction here yeah. Yeah. at the show. A uh, lot. But yeah. I do think that uh, it's real. Here's what I'm learning about as I do this podcast. I'm learning, uh, Sona, I, I, I love that the real you comes across. Sona's gift, I think, on this podcast is that she is always 100% herself. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I've seen That's you in, nice. you meet all these famous people and you're always just Sona. You don't. You don't freak out. You're always like, oh, hi, you know, Hillary Clinton or hi, famous person. And you're just yourself. Uh, Gorley, I'm learning that you are a god in the podcast Yeah. Sphere. Every time oh. guests come in here, they're like, oh, I love your podcast. Jim Jim and with Jub Jub or yeah. Flip Flop and Squub Squub. You know, you have all these. Squub Squub's good. Yeah. Thank you. That's my passion. No, but you have, yeah. uh, you have like, I guess you've, have you hosted like 40 podcasts? It's something ridiculous like that. It's not, I'm not proud of it. It's, Why? Well, it's ridiculous. It's what? absurd. I mean, some of them are truly absurd. No, but you get a lot of street cred. When, when people come in here, and I'm always surprised, because sometimes it'll be, you know, someone who I won't think will know you. Yeah, me like too. Like a Robert Caro, like a, 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 a great historian is <laughs> in his record, 80s. he did not. Yeah, he came in, and he was like, oh my God, you do <laughs> Flub Flub on the Squanto. And um, I love it. I, I love the one, you know. <laughs> Robert Caro did improv with you. Yeah, and yeah. remember the time <laughs> well, you we and do I- weekly. We do do improv together yeah, weekly. Yeah. He's a regular at, at yeah. UCB. So anyway, yeah. I was, uh, that's what I'm learning. Well, we the three of us, we really bring the goods, don't we, in our relative expertise of, of hosting, of podcasting, and of being yourself. I yeah, it's sort of a, yeah, it's a 95.5, I think. Uh, oh, bringing, huh. wow. Hmm. I think that's an accurate. 90? Yeah. Five, five? Yeah. Hmm. I think I bring no. an incredible, like, 90%, you know, and then- I, No, I think if this podcast- hey, be happy, was, be happy with five. I think <laughs> if this podcast was just you, people would hate you. <laughs> 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 
We make you likable. Yeah. yeah. You humanize me. We humanize you. Yeah. Because you yeah. are a, you could be a... That, uh, untrue. You, whatever you're going to say now, you're going to go too far and say I'm a monster or something. I uh, was actually thinking monster. Yeah, you know me too. so well. I was thinking inhuman yeah, monster. Yeah, but no, that's no, not true. Uh, you maniac. are, you know what, no, you are. Uh, you are, uh, you know, you know, let's we keep love in mind. You. We all love each other. Yes. We love sure. you. Let's keep in mind, uh, Stalin was fun at a party. Okay. Yeah, Why that did makes you sense. say that, that though? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Why would yeah. you have say I, that? Have I collectivized farms? Have I displaced millions? Yes, in my own way, I have. But <laughs> at a party, I'm really fun. Well, now, Stalin had a kind of Geppetto mustache. He did. Yeah. Okay, thanks for comparing <laughs> to my dad. Yeah. That was that, nice. You just did a nice tie-in. That was good. Thank you for you that. Bet. At least yeah. in my telling, uh, Sona's dad is a kindly man yes. who all he wants mm-hmm. is a boy. In yours, he's probably uh, the worst mass murderer in history. Well, you were likening yourself to Stalin. Uh, only in the good qualities, in that I love to talk to my staff late at night at parties where I force them to drink a lot of vodka. <laughs> and um, I'm incredibly paranoid. And uh, yeah. I don't like it. You don't like what now? You compared yourself to Stalin, and then you got angry that I was going to go call you a monster. Mm-hmm. But you yourself, you're, you do it to you. You're just, you know what? I don't know. I'm over it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're walking out. We're unionizing. Least coherent. We're unionizing. That was the yeah. least coherent clapback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you just, because you, that, I'm over it. Gloop. Wow. Sona claps back incoherently. (laughs) Hey, guess what? The English language just clapped back at you. This is a full-on Twitter feud between you and the English language. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. Sona, we're just having a good time here. Everyone have some vodka. Come on. Oh, thank you. Go, 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 go. Well, the state of the podcast is strong. Is it? I really don't yeah. think it is. No, it's as strong not. as ever. Train wreck. Barely nah, hanging this on. Is, this is, we're it's going full steam ahead. By a very thin Stepped thread. Stepped it up a notch here. We go home to our podcast home where the three of us live. Oh, God. Yeah. This is my nightmare. Uh, I'm, I, I think the, the state of the podcast is strong. And I have both of you to thank for that. I thank you. 95.5 still? Yeah. I, well, you know what? I'm 88. Oh, thanks. So you're <laughs> two and Gorley's 10. You just, <laughs> that well, might Gorley, be, that's if you actually, take this, you get 10. That's uh, accurate, though, mm, kind of. I can't, I can't um, do it. throw you under the bus. Do it. Um, you know you I want know, to. You can't. You Favorite can't. nations. No. Yeah. You're All not right. going well, to drive a wedge. If you've enjoyed yeah. listening to Gorley today, uh, check him out. <laughs> Are you, what, what's, what, how many podcasts do you have right now? Right now? Yeah. Three. Two, two, three. Oh, they're clearly very important to you. <laughs> I know. They come and go. They're, in a way, they're not, but that's why they're fun, right? Uh, nope. I believe in really caring so much about your work that it's an indelible part of your soul. Oh. But that's where you and I differ. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I have a soul. On. Yeah. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production. 
in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.